word. Let's turn our Bibles to. I was going to say Genesis chapter 12. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the privilege of knowing you and also uh, fellowshipping with your word. We ask, oh God, that you will speak to our hearts. Do what only you can do in this place. Sweet Spirit of God, speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we receive the revelation knowledge of Jesus today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay, um, we have been looking at um, um, the reality of the new covenant and we have learned a few things. Praise the Lord. Last week we saw, well, the last two, two weeks ago, we saw, or three Sundays ago rather now, we saw the fact that the covenant, uh, we are not... We don't have covenant with God. Hallelujah. We are beneficiaries of the covenant. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the new covenant is not new in the sense that uh, there was an old one. We saw that the new covenant was before the old one. Why? Because God is always the same. God has never changed from day one of creation. So much so, the Bible says that talk, refers to Jesus as the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So, Jesus' redemption was not an afterthought. Jesus was not an afterthought. Praise God. In fact, the priesthood of Jesus did not come to replace the ironic priesthood. Are you listening to me? The priesthood of Jesus did not come to replace the priesthood of Aaron. The priesthood of Jesus, how do I mean? Why do I say so? The priesthood of Jesus was referred to as being after the order of the priesthood of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was before Aaron. Did you see that? Melchizedek was before Aaron. So the Aaronic priesthood was man-made. It came through the mediation of angel, I mean of Moses, and it was handed down. Hallelujah. Through the instrumentality of angels, we saw that God at no time asked them to build a temple. Why? Because God had always from time, from time wanted his will was that manna will be his temple. Hallelujah. And we saw the reason why the temple came. The temple came as a result of unbelief in the redemptive work, unbelief in the gospel that was preached unto the fathers. Hallelujah. But thank God we believe the gospel. Amen. Anyone that believes the gospel ceases from his works. You listening to me? You cease from your works, and so we'll, we'll, I want to round up on it today, uh, uh, and then maybe we'll pick it up some other time, maybe next year or this year, wherever, whatever time. But 
I want to zero in on something. John's gospel, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter five. Let's read that first. Second Corinthians chapter five. Praise God. Um, in that, my small recap. You need to go and listen to it over and over again, to 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 get some of the things that we've shared. Okay. If you are, I think I think they are royal scribes. I think they are on SoundCloud, right? The messages are on SoundCloud. Just go to Kingsville Royal Scribe on SoundCloud. You will see the messages there. Second Corinthians five and verse seventeen. Let's read it together. One to go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold. All things are become new. Next verse. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech us by, you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. 21, for he has made him sin for us, who knew no sin, that he might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 12, when God was blessing, see, I, I'm back in Genesis 12. You know, in, in the third verse, in the third verse, God said something. He told Abraham, I will bless them that bless you. And I will curse him that curses you. Now, that, that was not included, that was not quoted, that was not mentioned in the New Testament. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. What does that mean? It means that God didn't say he was going to curse anybody. Hallelujah. Amen. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And this is a reference to the new creation. This is a new reference to the new covenant, rather. Okay, the covenant that he made. Glory to God. And he says in that covenant, this something is going to happen. He said, in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. So that means, what does that mean? It means that the new covenant is for all. The new covenant is for all. It says in Galatians chapter 3 that, uh, 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 that God, uh, that Christ was cursed for us, isn't it? That the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles. So the blessing of Abraham, uh, what is the blessing of, the, of Abraham? Uh, it is the blessing of the Spirit or the blessing which is the Spirit. Praise God. The blessing of the Spirit or spiritual blessing. Amen. Any which way you look at it, it's, it's, it's correct. Praise God. Okay. So, every, the blessing of Abraham or rather the new, the new covenant is not meant for just a particular people. It covers all. Because God is the author of all creation. And so he's concerned about everyone. So we are not hoarders of the new covenant, therefore. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so we see in that Second Corinthians in chapter 5, it says all things are of God. That is, everything proceeds from him. 
John chapter 15, turn your Bible to it. John chapter 15, just follow me, I'm going somewhere. I'll land soon. Verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. What is the meaning of husbandman? He's not talking about the man who is a husband in a family. Okay? Some other translations call him the vine dresser. Okay? The cultivator. So he says, look at it. I am the vine. I am the true vine. And my father is the, okay, this one says the gardener. Hallelujah. Now, take note. Jesus says, I'm the vine. My father is the gardener. And if you read down, he says, we are what? What does he refer us to us? Us? We are the branches. So you have three, you have three uh, 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 people there, or three entities there. One, the gardener. Two, the vine. Three, the branches. Now, question. Who takes care of the branch? Is it the branch? Who takes care of the branch? The gardener. Who takes care of the vine? The gardener. So everything proceeds from the gardener. He didn't say, I am the viner, you are the branches, my father is a gardener, therefore you take care of yourself. Look at the next verse. Next verse, verse 2. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. King James's language there is silly because it does not give us a true picture. Many Christians have condemned themselves to hell because of this scripture. What does it mean? Hallelujah. It's it's give me and give me the living uh, the uh, NLT. Let's look at what it says in the New Living Translation. The word take away. You know, when you hear the word take away, it means that, I mean, he throws it away, isn't it? No. He says he cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit. Uh-uh, this one is wrong. He doesn't cut it off. Okay, let's look at what the Greek, what it says in Greek. The Greek meaning of that word to take away. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, in the Greek, what does it mean? This is what it means. He said it means uh, it uses the word uh, whatever it is. A I R O. Use your native tongue to pronounce it. Iro. Okay. Yes. Passion translation. What does it say? Uh huh. Oh, glory. That, that just gives it the right meaning. He said, he cares for it. So every branch that does not produce fruit, he says he cares for it by doing what? Lifting and propping it up. <laughs> glory to God. Is the word A-I-R-O. It means to elevate. It means to raise up. It means to lift up. So the gardener is in charge through and through. It is the responsibility of the gardener to ensure that the vine and the branches produce fruits. Hallelujah. So in the new covenant, the work is his through and through. Hallelujah. It's his responsibility to, to care for it so much until it begins to produce fruit. He said the one that produces fruit, he dresses it very well so that it can produce more fruits. Hallelujah. He said, 
in Luke, run to verse 16. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Tell your neighbor you are ordained. Don't wait for another ordination. <laughs> Come on, tell your neighbor, don't wait for another ordination. You are ordained already. <laughs> he said, I have chosen you and I've ordained you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When were you ordained? Your ordination came at the new birth. What an experience. An all-encompassing experience. He says, I have ordained you. I have chosen you. I have ordained you that you may, that you may bring forth fruit and that your fruit will remain. What a covenant. In the old covenant, they were responsible for keeping it. But in the new, he ensures that he prunes us, he takes care of us. Praise God. No wonder he said you are clean through the words that I've spoken to you. So every time you hear God's word, what is happening? Cleansing is taking place. You are being readjusted. Those of you that need to be propped up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's propping me up. Someone says, I don't know, I'm down. No, no, no. He's about, he's propping you up. <laughs> he's elevating you. There's an elevation taking place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lifted. I am lifted. I am lifted by the Lord above shame and sorrow into his glorious rest above. He said, he that is from above is above all. What does it mean to be born again? To be born again means to be born from above. Hallelujah. Please take care of that humming. Amen. Now, what then is our purpose as new creations? And that's where I want to zero in on and close this series. What then is our purpose as new creations? Someone says, Lord, show me my purpose in life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Lord, show me my purpose in life. Lord, show me my purpose in life. Lord, show me my purpose in life. Oh, Lord, show me my purpose. What is your plan for me? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things. What are the old? What's, what does he refer to as old things? Hallelujah. The things of the old covenant. He said, all things are gone. But all things are become new. And all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To know that God was in Christ uh, reconciling the world unto himself. So, being a new creature and a beneficiary of the new covenant, is your purpose therefore is tied to the savior work of Jesus Christ. The saving work of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You are not just a a new creation so that you won't have any problem in life. You are not just a new creature so that, oh, I mean, life will just be a bed of roses. Oh, so that you can be, have the finest houses around. So that you can, you can be uh, the, the richest man on earth. No. Hallelujah. So that you can always have all your needs met. It's way beyond that. Tell your neighbor it's way beyond that. In fact, thank God for, for, for good works. Thank God for good works. Thank God for people, that, for people that feed the poor. 
Thank God for people that create houses for the poor. Thank God for people that, you know, build hospitals, uh, you know, and do all those nice, nice things. Hallelujah. But do you know what? Your purpose is not, those things are not the purpose of the church. Are you listening to me? Those things are not the purpose. No, they are not. They are not the, that's not the purpose of the new creation. The new creation, uh, its purpose is tied to the work of Jesus who is the savior of the world. In other words, uh, your, your purpose as a new creation is about uh, the ministry of our Lord Jesus, uh, which is the ministry of reconciliation. What is the ministry of reconciliation? That's why the Bible, Jesus said, I have ordained you. The ministry of reconciliation re refers to, I mean, the Savior. As the Savior, what is his, what is his work? To save souls. So, which is that the salvation of souls is our primary purpose. Are you listening to me? Your purpose is not to be a good mother. Uh-uh. You, you should be a good mother. Whether you are a Christian or not. Your purpose is not to be a good father. You should be a good father whether you are a Christian or not. Don't we have unbelievers that are good fathers? Don't we have? Yeah. Maybe your father was probably one. If he's not born again. Glory to God. Amen. But that's not our purpose. Do you know our purpose, amen, is not, uh, to raise leaders. I mean, there are leadership experts that are not Christians, that are better than us when it comes to leadership. On the global scale, on the macro level, Hallelujah. That's not, that's not our primary purpose. That's not our purpose. Hallelujah. You know, many of the things that many Christians tie to themselves as purposes. So, um, so be, my purpose is to build big businesses. Oh, come on. Don't, unbelievers are doing it. I hope I'm not busting somebody's bubble this morning. That's not our purpose. Praise God. Do you know that there were people who were, who were more naturally, who were more naturally uh, 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 knowledgeable than Jesus Christ when he came to commerce? When he was on earth. Pastor Fila, I saw you. I thought Jesus knew everything. Hallelujah. The Bible says he grew in wisdom. So which is that? There was a time he didn't know everything. Jesus was not a doctor. He was a miracle worker. There's a difference. He didn't concern himself with what was not his purpose. Praise God. Praise God. Thank God we can build big good, we, we should build good businesses. Uh, we should uh, do well in our career. We should, you know, we should do well as husbands and wives, uh, as parents, uh, go be good parents and things like that. You know, you learn some of those things in scriptures. But do you know the essence of the new creation here on earth is tied to the purpose of Jesus as our savior? And so, as Christians, as believers, as new creation people, praise God. He says that he has given to us a ministry. It's called the ministry of, of, of reconciliation, whereby we need to go around, we need to pursue souls, the salvation of souls. And if we are not doing that, then we have not started then we are missing the mark. Paul said, 
Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. The necessity is laid on me. Being the new creature, thank God we are overcomers. We are, we are, we are to demonstrate. The Bible calls us that through us, the fragrance of the, of the knowledge of Christ is spread everywhere. That is our assignment as new creation people. He said, through you, he said, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And we are the ones going to carry it. Don't, do you, you know, last week I, I shared with us that the temple is not in heaven. Where is the temple? In us, we are the temple. We are the carriers of God. How humbling it is for God when he says that I will be with you forever. He says I will live inside you forever. So when you get to heaven, where will God be? But you see, that's not beyond the reason why, one of the reasons why he's doing that is so that through us on earth, see, what you carry Amen. You've got to cherish it. You are carrying God inside you. You are carrying God inside you. So, as you go out to preach the gospel, amen, don't just, don't, don't, don't just see yourself as just you. No! This is you and God going to rescue a soul from hell. You are so rescuers. God has called me into the ban banking world so that I can be, you know, the, the, the prototype. Is it the prototype? No, no not the prototype. The example of who a real banker should be. That is not your assignment. That is your vocation. If it were your assignment, hallelujah, have you discovered that the assignment he gave to us, we can't be paid for it. You do it <laughs> as unto the Savior. Oh, may God open our eyes to see the state of the sinner and go and long to go after him or her. What you know, <laughs> you know, we're all rejoicing, we are shouting, you know, I'm a child of God. I mean, the choir sang the song, I'm a child of God, I know who I am. You know, do you know the, the Bible says that the gospel is foolishness. People will come and say, yeah, child of God. They do it. it doesn't mean anything to them. Why? Because uh, the, 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 the God of this world has blinded their minds. It doesn't mean anything to them. You say, yeah, you're a child of God. All of us are a child of God. They don't know what it means. But you are, but it's something that is so, it's a revelation to you that, 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 that it, 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 you are, you, it causes you to rejoice. Uh, even if, even if there is trouble all around you. Yeah, there's somebody that still needs to know that. The Bible says this about God's will is hid. It is hidden to who? It is hid to them that are lost. Jude verse 3. We have been called to the ministry of reconciliation to carry the gospel to the world. Tell your neighbor, I will carry the gospel. I will carry this gospel. Look at verse 3. He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. 
He said we should earnestly contend for it. So we, we have been called not only to preach the gospel as new creations, we have been called to defend it. We have been called to defend it. We have been called to protect it. Don't just keep quiet if the gospel is being ridiculed. We have been called to contend for it. He said, would you earnestly contend? He said, I'm writing to you concerning the common salvation. That this, this, not that salvation is a, when you say common, it's not talking about, it doesn't mean it's cheap. It means it's something that is common to us. He said, he said, I'm written to you concerning this salvation that is common to us. He said, how shall we no neglect so great a salvation? How great is the salvation? It's so great that only one offering, <laughs> glory to God, only one offering was needed. Hallelujah. And that's how the Bible says Christ offered himself once and he perfected us forever. He perfected us forever. He completed everything about us forever. You know, sometimes you go preach to some people and say, let's just make sure we are doing good. Do you know every, virtually every other religion, that is what they believe. And that's what the majority of the world believes. Let's just be doing good. There are religions that are not sure about eternity. They are just not sure. There is no assurance. Any gospel without an assurance of salvation is no gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what, what, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? This month of February, all our leaders are going to be going out every week to go preach the gospel. Are you going, are you going to take a cue from them? Are you going to take a cue? Are you just going to keep silent? For how long will I keep quiet? He says, you see, you know, I, 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 I don't have... You know, I don't have what it takes. Uh, you know, what do you mean by you don't have what it takes? What is it that says, you know, you know, uh, how can I that I don't have money? You know, I don't have money. How can I talk to somebody that has money? How can you reduce your life to money? How can you reduce eternal life to, to, to physical and uh, to, to, to social status? How? 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 Can you reduce eternal life that you carry to social status? Paul said, Philippians chapter 3, I think we need to read it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Philippians chapter 3. Paul talking about himself. Give me that passion translation. If you have the Passion Translation, you know, any other translation, just give it to me. I want us to read it in our modern day English and see how it will come out. Praise God. From verse, uh, from verse 3. From verse 3. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 3. Oh, hallelujah. He says, for we are the circumcision who give worship to God and have glory in Jesus Christ and have no faith. Somebody says no faith. No faith in the flesh. No faith. <laughs> you know, pardon me, Reverend, to, to use you as an example. We were talking yesterday. And, uh, you know, he said at the time, he, he said he just thought to himself, you know, uh, you know, what am I even doing in Africa? I 
mean, he, 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 if he wants to stay in the UK today, I mean, his family is there. I mean, I mean he, he, he left the UK. He used to live in the UK for many, many years ago. He left the UK and because God, he felt God called him to Abidjan. He said one time, he said, asking himself, what am I even doing in this Africa? You know, what am I doing in this Africa? You know, said, until one day the Lord told him, he realized that come, whether in UK or you're in Africa, hallelujah, God is still God. Fulfill your purpose where you are supposed to stay. That those things don't mean anything. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. Give me another translation. I want to, that word. Do you have, do you have message? Do you have message there? Let's look at it quickly. We want, we're going to be praying for the sick this morning. Praise God. So let's quickly do that. Okay. He said, oh my God. Uh, 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 where is verse 3? Where is it? The real believers are the ones the Spirit of the Lord leads to walk away at this ministry. Feeling the earth. Let's go back to <laughs> King James Version. <laughs> because of our time. Okay. Let's go back to King James. Just go back to uh, King James. Okay, stay there, stay there, stay there. He said, we couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it. Even though we can list what many, what many people might think are impressive credentials. You know my pedigree. Illegitimate birth. Circumcised on the eighth day. An Israelite from the, the, from the elite tribe of Benjamin. A strict and devout adherence to God's law. A very defender of the purity of my religion. Even to the point of persecuting the church. A meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. Uh-huh. Next verse. He said, but whatever former things were gains to me. As I thought then, I thought they were gains to me. These things that I once regarded as advancements in merit. I have come to consider as loss absolutely worthless for the sake of Christ and the purpose for which he has given me life. Next verse. And this, so that I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of the present, of his presence more completely and in that same way experience the power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness even to his death dying as he did. Did you see that? See, he said, those, those things that we consider as credentials, they can move you on earth but ultimately Hallelujah. Don't, 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 your life does not count on them. Should you go and do your master's if you want to? Should you go and do your PhD if you want to? Go, go ahead. I'm hoping I will be revived one day to do a master's. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, but you see, say, ultimately say those things are done. At the end of the day, what will count in your life? What will count? See, you are not going, God is not going to, hallelujah, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. God is not going to reward you for your new creation. He did it for you, so he can't reward you for what he did for you. The only thing he will reward you for is what you did for him is what you do for him. And what has he asked you to do? He has primarily asked you and I, amen, to bear fruit. He said, I called you, I ordained you that you may bring forth fruits. Friends, don't take this lightly. You are not fulfilling your purpose as a new creation if you have your mouth closed. He said, he's going to give you every opportunity. 
that person close to you said, you're wondering, who is it will I preach to? Who is it will I reach out to? Who is it will I... I, I, I they are all around us every day. Hallelujah. Why did he give you tongues? Why did he give you this, the gifts of the Spirit to be able to pray in tongues? He said uh, in Acts chapter 1, he said that uh, you will become water, witnesses of me after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You will become witnesses uh, to carry my gospel. Somebody says the gospel. Come on, tell your neighbor it's the gospel. It's primarily about the gospel. So that you and I can labor in the place of prayer. He said, Paul said, I am the least of all the, of the apostles, but what, I am, what am I doing? I am laboring. I have this grace, but under this grace, I am laboring. Pastor Bayo Yekon posted last week on his Twitter. He has resumed his Twitter. Tweeting and tweeting. He said, he said, if, uh, how did he put it down? If, uh, if you remove, help me, give me, protect me. Say, if you remove it from the prayers of most Christians, they won't have anything else to pray about. Help me, give me. Protect, bless me, protect. <laughs> you know, there are many people who are doing uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, fasting and prayer now. Some are doing it for 21 days, some are doing it for seven days, some are doing it for 40 days, some are doing it for 70 days, some are doing it for 100 days. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you want to join them, God help you. Praise God. <laughs> A friend of mine posted, Pastor Inkapu said, he said, he looks as if. Prayer, I mean, fasting does not go along with uh, creativity of the mind. That is it the, or is it the only one that is? <laughs> yeah, because, you, know, you know, because he can't, he can't think very well when the fasting is too much. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A friend of mine said he fasted so much. You know. And when he wanted to preach, he fell down. They thought it was the anointing. Because he had so fasted, he had so fasted. Instead of the power coming down, he fell under the power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen to me. God is counting on you and I. Don't just celebrate your new creation. Everybody ought to know. He said, through you, he said, all families of the earth shall be blessed. You have been anointed by the Holy, with the Holy Ghost. He that has anointed and established us is God. Spend that time. I mean, use it to pray for souls. Matthew chapter 28. He said, go into all the world, right, and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. And he said, and lo, I will be with you. He didn't see what he tied his being with us to. Hallelujah. See what he tied it to. What did he tie it to? He didn't tie it to your job. Is he going to be with you in your job? Oh, yes. He didn't tie it to every other, to those things that we tie it to. Lord, as I'm traveling, be with me. He didn't tie it to that one. He tied it to the gospel. He said, Lo, I'm going to be with you. Tell your neighbor this year, I will be a fruit. I will bear more fruits. I will bear more fruits. I will bear more fruits. Amen. Let's go preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Go preach the word. 
Don't just celebrate you are a new creation. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Somebody else needs to know it. Somebody beside you needs to know it. Somebody under the, under the attack of the devil needs to know it. I am free indeed. I'm free indeed. Somebody else needs to know it. Don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. And you know what he said in Mark chapter 16? Praise God. Let's turn our Bibles to it. Amen. And I'll close with that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mark 16. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm. You know, there's something that Jesus Christ did that I that that uh, really points to what we should do. In Mark chapter 6, when the Bible says that he went to his own hometown to preach, right? And the Bible says that the people did not listen to him. They were like, who is this guy? Yeah. Amen. The Bible says that he could do, thereby do no mighty works uh, except to heal a few sick people. And what did he do? Bible says he didn't, he didn't, he did not laugh at them. He did not reject them. But what did he do? The Bible says he went round about. He sent his disciples and he went round about and began to teach. What, what does that tell us? When someone rejects the gospel, praise God. Praise God. Don't give up on him. When someone rejects the gospel, don't do what? Don't give up. Jesus didn't give up on his hometown. Hallelujah. You stay with it until, uh, until by the grace of God, until the person is able to, the person's heart gets open to receive that gospel. So Mark 16, let's close with it. Let's read verse 15. Mark 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Uh-huh. Next verse. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Okay? Now, let me quickly explain that. When he says he that believes and is baptized, he's not talking about water baptism there. Okay? He's not talking about water baptism there. What is he talking about there? To be saved is to be baptized into the body of Christ. That's why we have one baptism, one faith, one baptism. Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, we have one faith. Say we have one Lord. We have one faith, one baptism. The Bible says we have been baptized. When a person gets born again, it means to be baptized means to be immersed. Okay, a person has been immersed into the body of Christ. He's now a member of the body of Christ. Okay, so it says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be damned. Uh-huh. Next verse. And this sign. Someone say this signs Shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. Uh, next verse. Uh, next verse. Say they will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Which means that one of the things uh, that we do when we carry the gospel. Amen. Is to lay hands on the sick. Is to get people to be filled with the spirit of God. Hallelujah. So we lay hands on the sick. We lay hands on the sick. Do you, and do you see, do you know, have you noticed that, you know, healing. Why do we lay hands on the sick? It's so that they might be healed, isn't it? Right? Healing is, God, God, it's, it's, God used healing a lot in the scriptures. Healing is an advertiser. Healing does not even, has no, it has no uh, 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 favoritism. Anybody can be healed. Even if the person doesn't believe in Jesus, he can be healed. Even if the person is a worse of sinners, he can be healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christian, whether the person is a, is a Christian or is not a Christian, he can be healed. Anybody can be healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So, so let's be bold to lay hands on the sick. He said they will lay hands on the sick. And who will recover? The sick will recover. He said in my name, in my name, they will lay hands on the sick. We'll lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. And who will do the healing? Come on, who will do the healing? Who will do the healing? Who will do the laying on of hands? What's your own business? Lay hands. What's his own business? He heals. Do your own. Leave him to do his own. Both people, he will heal the person that believes. He will heal the person that doesn't believe. Jesus never turned anybody back because he says, oh, you don't believe. He never turned them. If they came to him, he never. The one that even said, I believe, help my own belief. Jesus still healed him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So if you are sick here this morning, we're going to lay hands on you. Praise God. I, I, I got that instruction to do that on Friday. Amen. We just lay hands on the sick. The Bible says we lay hands on the sick and you will, they will recover. The power of God is going to come. Someone says, well, I have been prayed for before. The Bible never told us that you should not come again. Hallelujah. Oh, I am a pastor. People will say, ah, is pastor sick? Yes, if you are sick, come. They will lay hands on you. There is nothing to be done. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are having Rema prayer meeting two weeks ago. They said, is anybody sick? In your Let them. I said, I raise up my hand. Sickness is not something that you should be bamorying. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Because not all sicknesses come from the devil, I've come to discover. Some sicknesses come because you are you, of our foolishness. You don't eat right. You can be sick. You don't exercise your body. You can be sick. You don't rest. You can be sick. Brother Lawrence sent something to honorables how we should exercise our eyes. So I've been doing it. I've been exercising my eyes muscles. Hallelujah. Praise God. This body is not mortal. I mean, it's not immortal yet. It is subject, it is subject to the to the to the you know the whims and caprices of the elements. And the Bible says it is it is dying, it is decaying. The more the older you get, praise God. Somebody said something the other day. They said those of you know, as you are getting older, you find it difficult to squat. They said it's actually it's a protective way. So that you will not, because if you squat too long, okay, that it will reduce your blood pressure. So, uh, so that you will not, so that you will not be squatting too much. Uh, you know, God put it in such a way that you will feel uncomfortable the older you are. You know, <laughs> so, so someone can be sick for any reason. Hallelujah. The weather is bad. Someone can fall sick. But do you know what? Jesus heals them all. Whether it was demons that caused it, whether it was uh, your foolishness that caused it, whether you were born that way, even the person—I mean, I mean the person that was born that way—is his fault. It's not his fault now. He didn't even commit a single sin, and he was born that way. But Jesus can still heal everybody. Hallelujah! Christian, non-Christian, Amen. Even if you hate Jesus, he will still heal you. Some of the people he healed, who knows? There were some of the people that that wanted to stone him, or that shouted, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" He did not withdraw his healing. Hallelujah. So if you're sick in your body, praise God. Come. Just lay hands on you. Praise God. I will pray. The Bible says the prayer of faith. So as you come, you know, just, just begin to declare to yourself as hands are laid on me, the power of God will come over me. And by, I, I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. You know, I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. You know, I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. So if you're sick in your body, just come. We'll lay hands on you. Hallelujah. Praise God. 